1: Trigger warning, the following episode contains scenes of graphic violence, strong language, mentions of sexual assault, and suicide. Discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive in to some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. Yeah. so we're going to be talking about a Canadian crime today. Ooh, your home... State? No, yeah, kind of. Country. Yeah. It's I, not
0: at all. None I always
1: it. feel like I have to like re explain to people. And then I wonder if people are going to get annoyed by me re explaining. But I always get comments, especially on my TikTok, of, I thought you said you were from Florida. And I'm like, yes, I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. And I lived there until I was about nine. Do I remember anything about Jacksonville, Florida? Absolutely not. Um, but I lived majority of my life in New Brunswick, Canada. So East Coast, Canada. Um, so I always find it funny cause it's like, it's hard to explain to people, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if you just start talking about like where I'm from. And with me, naturally I go to where I'm from is New Brunswick, even though I'm, now living in Orlando but right. <laughs> that's just where I kind of like naturally gravitate to
0: I don't know that there's that many people that are actually from Orlando that live in Orlando oh not at there's all like everyone is from somewhere so that's yeah, normal. we're all transplants because yes. of the tourist ind- industry that's there <laughs> for sure <laughs> absolutely um,
1: so yeah I kind of wanted to Um. I want to do more um, Canadian true crimes it is honestly interesting and the way the um, court system works over there is like really different yeah, as it's well it's different Yeah, so we'll kind of get into that, Um, but before we do that... uh, Let's get into the wine. Yeah. (laughs) I got this. Get more relaxed.
0: Oh, okay. Hey! Let's see, I like to look at this. It just says Underground Wine Project. Oh. We got Devil's Playground today. Yeah. All right, I'll tell you a little bit about this in a second. Please do. It goes well with meat because it's, again, a cab staff. (laughs) I like that it was specifically
1: noted that it goes well with meat. It was like red meat. Red meat. Get I'm it.
0: Like, it's a cap salve. thank you. I feel like I wanna like smell enough. it. Ooh. Yes, do smell it. I feel like this is gonna be a good one. Cause it was thirty dollars. <laughs> like twenty nine ninety eight bottle of wine. You, you don't need to say dollars. We're in America. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are we take a taste? Let's see what we got. I'm going to wait for That's you. Cheers. Wait, cheers. Yeah. I know. Like, I, like, I, I know. I was like, I felt very lonely. I was wait like, wait for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, go for it. Wait. What do you um. mean? Cheers. Cheers. Oh.
1: <laughs> much better than yeah, the it's, other days. Like, much better. Oh my gosh. You will the, like this, you guys. Yeah. Get one of these devil's playground. Um, It's nice and like heavy. Like it's not mm. like ridiculously heavy, but it's, it's smooth.
0: Yeah. And really I feel smooth. like this is a nice one for both of us because it's not too dry and not too sweet. Mm-hmm. Great middle ground. God pleaser. Mm-hmm. All right, let me let me break out my notes. Let me tell you about. Oh this. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, let's see if we can get any
0: hints before you look at your yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Do your swirl. I just was just drinking it, just doing it, just okay. diving in. Um, I already have cheat notes, so I do taste these things. It tastes A little like bit. grape, like fruit. <laughs> <It> tastes <laughs> like grapes,
1: um, fermented grapes.
0: Yeah. Okay, but there's blackberry or dark fruit. Taste oh. to it, tobacco, oak, chocolate. Uh, okay, what I learned in Napa about that is yes. that the, that means the barrel was like toasted more than like some others. That when you get that like dark, chocolatey um, cocoa, like those rich flavors, it's because the barrel was really toasted inside. I didn't know like an to- M plus. I, didn't I don't know, know. they Sorry. toasted
1: these. I'm, yeah, this is
0: like news to me. I know nothing okay, so about wine. Okay, so I do know that I and know that I came like- up with this podcast. Name. <gasps> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just liked wine. We will have guests on our show at some t- sometime. I'm sure, that can explain it better than this. But fun. They build the barrels out of French or American oak, and then they toast them, like roast them, like over the fire. Mm-hmm. You know, they like use a torch um they toast them and yeah right um and then that kind of like is how if you think about like a chef like the barrel maker and the winemaker kind of being like the chefs together that's what makes wine like as complex and different each time that is so cool yeah wow the more you know the berries the grapes the barrels the oh gosh the sediment like he went into the whole thing I'm butchering the notes, but
1: no, but I feel like this is such basic information that our listeners are going to be like, how does this woman not even
0: know? I <laughs> know we're, we're going to be like, okay, we, we've we progressed from like, it tastes like grapes to now we're like, okay, it has some dark, rich, fruity flavors. Yeah. I will go. And I always like like a chocolate hint. I think it's apothic dark that has it. Oh, yeah. um, obviously
1: that's a cheaper, you know, sure. wine, especially considering this accessible, um, more accessible. Um, but I always feel like that has like more of a like a chocolatey hint, and that's kind of almost like this, but this is obviously better. This is like the big sister all grown up. Yeah, yeah, so good,
0: awesome, yeah. I love it. I'm happy because the last one wasn't that great. So, no, super fitting. Devil's Playground. Any listeners want to take a, a guess at what we're uh, going to talk about today? Um, but yeah. So Canadian
1: crime. I always felt like it was kind of. It's not. The most well known case, however, it is a case that has become kind of an example of where bullying can lead. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know we've talked a lot about so far in like this first little stint about um, boys, you know, committing like atrocities and stuff. And I really wanted to kind of dive into um, the other side, girls. Um, And I feel like before we dive into it, like just to talk about Canadian law a little bit. Um, As I said, I lived in Canada for most of my life. I went to university at St. Thomas University in Fredericton, New Brunswick, where I studied journalism and criminology, graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in both of those with a minor in psychology. Um, So when I criticize Canadian law, I'm definitely not doing it from now living in an American standpoint, you know, throwing rocks and glass houses, (laughs) because we are not in Mm -hmm. a perfect society at all. Um, Some would argue the American system is worse. Um, But I will say there are points of both systems that I personally have issues with. I'm sure we all have issues with. It's the government. Absolutely. So I just kind of wanted to preface that of like, when I criticize a Canadian government going forward with these cases, I'm not um, doing it in a way of like, well, I live in America now and things are better. I just, you know, I'm not like... I'm just coming from a stance of like, no law is perfect, no system is perfect in this world. Um, and there are points in this case that frustrate, I think, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, oh, also on my TikTok, people are, whenever I talk about Canadian crimes, they're always like, oh, I thought Canadians were supposed to be nice. I'm like, what? We are. (laughs) Wow. We are. Still nice. Um, Very nice people. However, there's shitholes everywhere. (laughs) So like, calm down. Um, but yeah, so... There's different terminologies in Canada for certain things. I kind of wanted to do like a little glossary. Yeah, give us the definition. A little glossary before I dive into it. And to let you know, like, stop me whenever when I like, if I just like glaze over a term because I didn't even realize I'm like, you know cuz it's like just, what? Canada? Yes. <laughs> it's just something um you know like RCMP I feel like almost everyone knows that at this point. Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yes. Yes. That's our Mounties so they were called Mounties cuz they used to be mounted on horses. They still are sometimes for like, you know, like celebrations, festivities. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but they're it's basically cool. like Canada's FBI. So um kind of the higher up, not exactly the state police, not the provincial police. They are our FBI. The Ministry of Children and Family Development, this is the CPS, um, Child Protective Services in British Columbia. So, just in case I gloss over that term, I just kind of want it to be known. Um, The Crown. So, while Canada has been its own country since 1867, our head of state is still kind of the Queen. Mm -hmm. She's still on our money. Um, When I talk about the Crown Prosecutor, anything like that, we're kind of still under her um, in a sense of like almost respect, you know? Yeah. Um, So, just to give that idea. Now, restorative justice. This is a form of Canadian justice. It's a hope to heal the harm that was done, and
0: to prevent the offender from reoffending. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting like concept for sure. There's for other sure. countries that like have that as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah it's definitely. Um, I have like. There's issues with it, you know, because sometimes it can be seen as more of a lax um, system, especially when you come to like the sexual and violent crimes in nature. Um. But in a perfect world, it would it would work, you mm-hmm. know, of being able to kind of have a mediator and sit and talk with the victims of the crime as the perpetrator, hopefully to heal and, and go through programs that the government has done. So, yeah. Um, and when I talk about life sentence in Canada, it's not kind of what we would know in the United States as a life sentence. Usually it's a 25 year sentence, um, oh, with, okay. yes, the option to parole, um, anywhere between seven to 15 years, depending on the age you were when you committed the crime. So if you're a juvenile, the maximum until parole is seven years. Um, and if you're an adult, the like maximum they can give you before parole is at 15 years. So that's like the maximum, maximum sentence until you can, you know, reach that.
0: Can you have more than one life sentence? So Yes they can
1: um give consecutive life sentences um but and it can like prolong your parole mm-hmm. up to a maximum of 25 years so like so until you, could you be on get on parole for a while yeah, yeah you could like be waiting for parole for a while like yep. the option to get that yes gotcha. um yeah so for this story we're going to be heading over to Vancouver Island in British Columbia are you like familiar with that area at all or anything N- no, I'm not either. <laughs> okay. um, so when I was in Canada, um, I lived way over in New Brunswick. That's east coast. They're out west, as we as we yeah. say. <laughs> um. So out west, they're like on the Pacific um ocean. We were on the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And Canada is um a country that is the second largest landmass um in the world. Huge, huge, huge country. So I have no concept of what the weather's like, anything like that. Apparently, they even have a rainforest out in British what? Columbia area. I, didn't know that. I know. Um. So it's really um different. Um, I've never been out there. I wish I could say I visited. Um, I hope one day to go out there. I've heard it's absolutely beautiful. Um, They are known for their diversity as well as being a popular tourist and business destination.
0: Yeah, for sure. Can I Mm -hmm. see a map? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back on the New England. (laughs) (laughs) What a beautiful area. Um, Um, Okay, now I understand Canada geography a little bit better.
1: So, um, Rena Virk, she was born March 10th, 1983, and, and I'm going to butcher this name and I am so sorry. I believe it's pronounced Sa- Saanich, British Columbia. I am so sorry. I mispronounce things all the time. I'm sure I mispronounced that, um, which is located over on Vancouver Island. She's a very strong willed young woman, um, who grew up just loving attention to the point that, um, I, I'm going to reference this a lot. I did read her father's book um, that he wrote about her called Rina, a Father's Story by Manjeet Virg. Um, So, just to let you know, if I'm ever talking about what her father thought, I'm referencing what I read in the book. Um, but her father even said that she would get jealous of her own siblings. Um, she oh. was the firstborn. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I found out from this book that her parents had actually eloped. Oh really? Yeah, so they kind of have like this super cute story. Um Manjeet was over in India. That's where he's from. And he came to visit his sister in British Columbia after his sister sent him a book of photos of British Columbia. Oh cool. Yeah, and he thought it was like the most beautiful place and he wrote her back and he was like does a place like this like even exist? Right? Oh. So he thought it was so beautiful. Yeah. So This was, like, all her plan to get her brother to stay.
0: (laughs) She's like, isn't it gorgeous? Don't you want to live here?
1: That would be me, too. I do that with my brother all the time. I'm like, "Um, move to Florida now. Like, visit. (laughs) Just book it one way. Yeah. So he goes out to visit her. And while he's there, she's like, oh, you need to stay. You know what? There's this really cute girl that you should, like that'll work <laughs> yeah so he starts to see suman now suman was born um in uh canada however she is from indian descent and they come from basically the same culture um so you know they, they hit it off really well um went on walks all the time things like that as his visits going to a close he knows he wants to marry her he said he fell in Aww. love quick yeah so he goes to her dad and he's like hey like I want to marry your daughter. I need your permission, you know, um, especially for their culture um, to marry Simon and um, his, her father, he says in the book, understandably is like, you just want citizenship like i don't want yeah, you you'd be suspicious of oh, it of course yeah and also um according to manjeet they were in different parts of the caste system back in india so okay was she higher caste then she was lower i'm pretty sure yeah. i know interesting but that was, was reasonable to be suspicious yeah so he he did not give them permission and at first they were going to try to abide um by these rules but they just couldn't. And so they eloped, got married with just fingers crossed, hoping everyone got over it. And they did, thankfully, because apparently um, her parents could have totally disowned them. Oh, yeah. And then they would have been basically screwed. Um, But thankfully, um, they stayed together, and they ended up having three beautiful children together, the first of which was Rina, and her name means queen, which I thought was really cute. Yes, it's cool. Mm -hmm. And Manjeet had said in his book, in their culture, um. Boys are kind of raised a lot different than girls. He had witnessed that back home often, but he said because his family, his sister was always treated better than him, (laughs) that when Rena was born, he was just obsessed with her. Like, so sweet. Yeah, she was a daddy's daddy's girl. girl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he just like put his heart and soul into parenting. Um, his kids to the point that they were even hanging out with a bunch of friends um, that of course were from their same culture one time and rena started to cry so he went over to to pick her up and the men in his group were like your wife should be doing that like we're not sure why you would do that and he was like well this is my kid too and i I want to like do this for her so that was like like, being a dad yeah yeah. it kind of shows too that he was also meshing into Canadian culture kind of well, you know, just because sure. that is more of like North American,
0: you know, so it's the a parent was, together versus yes. like just the mother's role. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And then the father, you know, working and, and mm-hmm. doing stuff for his family, of course, as well. But, you know, um, and, um, what was interesting to me though, it's often been noted that Rena was a minority within a minority. Um, so her parents, of course, um, being immigrant parents um, to Canada, and then also the fact that her mother, Suman, wanted to raise her children in the Jehovah Witness faith. Mm -hmm. So not even in their, um, I believe, Manjeet was actually um, Sikh uh, when he came over. And that's actually the fifth largest religion in the world, which I didn't know. Interesting. I Very didn't know that. Yeah. I, th- I was like, oh, that's a fun little fact. Um, but he actually started reading the Bible, um, or I'm not sure if it's the Bible that the Jehovah sure. Witness, yeah. their their faith, um, whether it is the Bible or not, really enjoyed the scriptures, he said. Um, and so he started to kind of... Um, he converted? Yes, he converted yeah, for her. Which is a huge shift. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And um, so he was really kind of all into the parenting and he would even turn down like when people would offer him extra time at work, you know, for more money and everything. He was like, no, I want to stay at home with my kids. Like I'm obsessed with them. And even to the point, one of his friends was starting a business, had this great business opportunity, sold it to him, was like, don't you want to be a millionaire one day? Like, you know, we'll go oh. and take on the world. And Manjeet was like, no, I, I kind of want to spend time at home with my kids. Like I'd rather just work a normal business and then like go home. Right. And that guy ended up apparently becoming a millionaire, according to Manjeet's book. But of course, at the loss of being a family man and also There's at the a loss trade-off. of his own sure. yeah, so, health. Yeah. So he was like, I think I made, Manjeet was like, I think I made the right decision in choosing my family.
0: I want to like thumb through this book. I, I want to read it. Next. It's He's
1: actually like such a good writer. Um, there's been a couple of books, um, of course written, you do, you know, true crime, a lot of victims and everyone starts to write. And sometimes you feel like um, you can't get totally captivated by the story. I finished this on the plane ride here. Mm-hmm. Super quick read. It's a good read. Um, he was very, and it's very like concise. I think it's like a hundred and like 70 pages. So not too long. Um, And really eye-opening to what was going on because I had obviously researched like a bunch of this case. There was a lot of missing pieces where I was like, "Well, why did that happen? Why?" And this really filled in the whys.
0: Gotcha. Mm -hmm.
1: So, of course, being from the Jehovah Witness faith, um, being raised in that, as well as the cultural belief she was being raised in, Rena felt almost suffocated. um, First generation too. First generation as well, and as she's like coming into teen. Hood, Which is hard enough already. And you're already wanting to rebel. But you've also got all of these other pressures on you. And you also look different than all of your other classmates. Yeah, Um, Poor Rena struggled to fit in. She was much taller than all of the other girls. Um, Much broader boned. She wasn't Mm -hmm. overweight by any stance. But she was a bigger girl. She was super tall. Bigger girl. um, And she also had eczema on her legs. Mm -hmm. Which I have psoriasis on my scalp. Mm -hmm. If you're ever wondering why I'm like scratching. (laughs) It's because it's driving me crazy anyone knows any creams <laughs> for for your hair though because that's the thing I'm like I never want to put the cream on my like scalp because then you get all like oily oh, but man. like the struggle it's a struggle and it looks I'm thankful mine's on my
0: scalp because Rena's was on her, her legs. legs so the, oh. the kids make fun of anything and everything they can that's oh. different anything that's different especially teen girls horrible. God, we're horrible to each other.
1: Yeah. So yeah, she was having a struggle to fit in. She actually had made one friend. So there was one time where that, that girl's family had come over to visit the Verks. Um, obviously her parents were chatting away with Rena's parents and, um, she made friends with this girl. They really hit it off. We're having a great time. And she was like, Oh, so we'll hang out again. Girls like, yeah, definitely for sure. Right. Never called again. Um, she Aww. would even see Rena in public and like turn away. Like she would ignore her in public. And I'm just like, I've had that happen to me as a teen yeah. girl. It just destroys you. It hurts. That oh, sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. Um, so, of course, this just devastates to like your own
0: self worth as well. And then you're more up to like cling on to people that. When you do have that like warmth of a friendship, you're like, oh, we're friends. Oh, we're really friends.
1: Well, and then that comes into play, too, because in 1996, she starts to hang out with these friends that are from what you would call the wrong crowd. Right. So she meets up with these people one night. They're smoking, drinking. They're used to sneaking out, staying out too late. Like just I mean, it's normal teenage stuff to a point. (laughs) I'm sure Manjee was not going to want to have his daughter associating with. Kids like that. Of course. So she comes home and se- tells her parents excitedly, like, these are all of my friends that I've just met. I am so excited. And of course, just like you said, Manjeet and Suman were like, absolutely not, Rina. Like, I, why would you even think this was a good idea? They even quoted scripture to her saying, bad associations spoil useful habits. Oh, yeah. So I, I heard that. I, I was raised Christian. I heard that an awful lot. You know, your friends are, are who you turn into, right? Um, so they were worried, um, especially concerning like smoking pot and things like that, especially for their child's development. It wasn't even just religious values. It was just, you know, you shouldn't, uh, to be fair, they're trying to be good parents, your brain, like solid yeah. parents, right? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, so Rena went the next night and hung out with them again. So when she comes home, they take a different route. They're like, okay, go to your room. Think about it. Like, think about what you just did, you know? And as she's in there, they decide, okay we can't control her. You know, she's, she's going to like go out and do trying to teach. She's, they're trying to teach her to make good choices. Yes. I mean, at this point she's like 13 years old. So she's, you know, she's becoming a young adult and have you. So they're like, okay, next motive. We're going to invite the friends over. We want to meet them. We want to know who she's hanging out with. Right. So they ask her and she refuses. She doesn't want her friends to have anything to do with her parents. It wouldn't be cool. Sounds embarrassing. Sounds totally embarrassing. Can vibe. But at that point, she things start to change in the household quite a bit. This is where the trouble like really started, because Rena wanted her freedom, and she still had those pesky parental restrictions on her social life. So one of Rena's friends at the time from that group was like, hey, it's actually super easy to get out of your family home. All Ugh. you have to do is report abuse. That's awful. Yeah. And they're such good parents, like, I know. So it's just heartbreaking. And especially since she did report this abuse and she was first moved to her maternal grandparents' home who believed the abuse allegations.
0: Oh, that's awful.
1: Yeah. And so Suman and Manjeet, they were against both of them. It was that she'd been physically abused and they were just shell shocked that Suman's parents, you know, would think this of them. And they were like, how quickly things can, you know, change. Um, And then it, it escalated. Um, Rina told her grandmother that Manjeet had sexually assaulted her. Her grandmother, of course, tells the authorities. And this leads to charges, you know, being oh, placed against yeah. Manjeet. He's arrested. And him talking about the arrest too, like he was just walking home from the grocery store and they came up to him and, you know, he understood at that time he would heard the allegations from his daughter. So he knew that was what he's going in for. And they went to handcuff him and he goes, I don't know why you're handcuffing me. Like, I'll, I'll come in with you. Like I, yeah, you know, and embarrass- salt in the wound, embarrassing and horrifying. And yeah. And they were like, no, we have to handcuff you. They bring him in. They questioned him for over five hours and he just was like remaining firm. You know, I didn't sure. do this. Um, he was released on bail and was just shell shocked um, he was not allowed to see his children that still lived with him
0: unsupervised which understandable yeah, yeah because like they have to look into everything they have to make sure everyone's safe of course totally of understandable course. but the heartbreak of it all like mm-hmm. since it was
1: unfounded but there's the interesting thing you say invest until it's investigated it would never be investigated oh. yeah so even the social worker would claim that there was no um like findings in Rena's claims. Like there was no evidence now with sexual assault. There's rarely any evidence, but the social worker even put in that. She thought like things were a little fishy, but of mm-hmm. course the government mm-hmm. is doing the right thing here. You remove the child from the home. Yeah. The child has made these, these claims are serious. So sure, sure. I'm not criticizing that at all. Yes. Rena was where she needed to be at that point in time, but then here's where things get weird. So every time Rena would call home, she would want to talk to her father always almost begging her mother put my dad on the phone at this point in time of course he has a non-communicative like he can't talk to his daughter yeah yeah by the court you know right right um so he of course is refusing not just because of that but he said he's terrified of rena at this point in time you know um so they're scared and at this point in time that she's like kind of wanting to talk to her father so bad Simon's mother rena's grandmother is like that's weird Uh, are we sure this happened to you? You know, like, do you want to, like, kind of expand? Do you want to tell us, like, what exactly happened? And starts putting pressure on her um, granddaughter to tell the truth. And at that point in time, too, things are amping up to go to trial for Manjeet as well. And in Manjeet's book, he explains that culturally, if he had gone to trial, this would have brought great shame to the family. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, His father-in-law, Rena's grandfather, even told him like, please just accept it. Like plead guilty and move on because don't fight it. Yeah. It's going to be an embarrassment when it hits the media. Your family is going to be, yes. And he remained firm that his daughter would one day tell the truth. Manjeet was like, no, I'm going to go to trial because this is not what happened at all. And I know Rena is going to tell the truth at one point in time or not. With all of this pressure mounting on Rena, she attempts suicide. Oh, yeah. So she slits her wrist. Luckily, they find her. Um, She's okay. Um, But, yeah, just horrible, horrible. And soon after this, she reportedly felt uncomfortable at her grandparents' house. And then they moved her into the system, into a foster home.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. She got in way too deep. Oh, yeah. And this, but this,
1: of course, was what she wanted to begin with. She wanted this freedom, but she soon teenage brain didn't see, foresee the like big long term consequences. Mm -hmm. And Manjeet says that so many times. He was like, you know, I've had a a struggle, you know, with my own daughter at many points in this, but he's like, but she was just a teenager. She had no concept of what this was doing to all of us. You know, it's just that, you know. And um she didn't realize either when you get into a foster care home, you have more responsibilities. You've got chores, you've still got your curfew, you've got to do your own laundry, you've got to make your own food. So like, come on, girl. So she soon is like, Wow, this is way more than way what worse. I thought. I thought I was gonna have more freedom. Yeah. It's so funny how when you're a kid and you think like the freedom of an adult is going to be so freeing.
0: <laughs> and then
1: you become an adult and you're like, uh, I have I so wish much someone to could do. cook for me. I wish <laughs> someone would do my laundry. <laughs> Every time I get sick, I'm like, where is my mom? <laughs> <laughs> I need soup. Help, please. <laughs> um, while in the foster care home, Rena would express again that she had been assaulted, not by anyone in the foster care home. One day she was walking home. She was late for curfew. And she claimed she was late because someone had assaulted her. These accusations weren't proved to be false, but no one unfortunately believed her. It's hard. Like, because a lot
0: of people... Because if you cry wolf, like, then of course it's going to be... Yeah. yeah, People might not believe you whether it happened or
1: didn't happen. No. And honestly, like, at that point, she was late for curfew. She didn't want to get in trouble. Sure. So, and she already knew that was going to get her out of trouble or out of the situation she didn't want to be in. so horrible. In the fall of 1997, Rena came home to visit her family. Total surprise visit. Um, When her father, Manjeet, walked in the door, saw his daughter in his kitchen, he booted it back to his room. He was like, I am not dealing with this, right? Um, He also didn't, you know, want any more charges placed on him, and he's not supposed to be near her. Right. He's trying to stay out of trouble. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, Suman is talking to their daughter, and then she comes into the bedroom, and she's like, please come out and talk to her. She's being extremely reasonable, like, please. And so he finally has commenced to come out. She apologizes and says she will write a letter to the constable that was working the case, or the officer um, that, that was working the case, and say that all of these accusations, they were false. Um, and so with that noted, he calls the constable and lets them know that they're she's at the house and they'll be like visiting them the next day mm-hmm. but I think he was just trying to like cover his ass of sure like, just being like my hey, daughter I is like, here wanna,
0: not hiding anything yeah
1: yeah <laughs> um and then she went the charges would eventually be dropped against manjeet so and like he said later in his book he said thankfully um you know before what would happen happened because his name may have never been cleared if
0: Oh, yeah. This all hadn't
1: have happened. So everything, I guess, happens for a reason. It's hard. Well, that she finally came out with the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And once Rena moved back in with her family, they saw a distinct change from all of the friends that she had met while she had been in foster care. She had started smoking pot, cigarettes, drinking regularly, normal teen stuff, but it was to the excess. And she'd also changed her image. Her hair was shorter. She was wearing baggier clothes, listening to rap music normal um but she also wrote words bloods crips on her hands and arms and claimed claimed to be a part of a gang it's what she
0: aspired to be a part of so hindsight like all red flags of like this is more than teen behavior this is yeah
1: yeah Yeah. flags
0: central yeah and these
1: pesky parental units were really getting in the way of rena's new lifestyle She really wanted that freedom again of being able to do whatever she wanted, whenever she wanted. So one night she left and went to the Kiwani's Emergency Youth Shelter, stayed there for three days, where she met two girls that Manjeet Virk in his book would say had a fatal effect on his daughter's life. So he called them in the book Sally and Nora. We're going to get into the Canadian um, Youth Justice Act. Um, I'm probably saying it wrong right now. I'm not reading my notes at all. I'm sorry. Um, but we're going to get into that law and how it protects young offenders. Um, at the time that Manjeet wrote this book, there was a publication ban on the children that were involved, their names um, oh, in the crime. Yeah. Yes. Um, since then, um, they have outed themselves in television interviews. Um, so I feel yeah we're good. Um, I can tell. I'm not sure who Nora is. But I can tell from what he describes in the book that Sally is Nicole Cook. And we'll be talking about Nicole Cook a little later. So just to give you a little background. Social workers at that time were looking for a new foster care home for Rena. In the meantime, they asked the Verks if they could continue to house her, which they were like, please, we want to yeah. keep her. Yeah. We want her to stay in our home. And they were hoping they could convince her to stay. Because Manjeet had said he'd seen other families in his lifetime, you know, send their kids off to different schools or send them away, maybe even back home to India to kind of like learn a life lesson and, and come back to Canada and, you know, kind yeah. of just way where they came from, you know, as well. And he said he never saw those being successful. And he also said he always saw his children as his responsibility. He wasn't going to sure. pawn her off on anyone else. And it was extremely frustrating to both of them that their child just kept ending
0: up in government care. right? Um, during that time it's sad because it sounds like obviously they want her in the home and like although she kind of denied that she wanted to be there by like stirring up all this she clearly like she wanted to call her dad she wanted to talk with him it's like she still wanted that relationship like a it's like a kid struggling with like all these adult issues kind of
1: yeah and it's crazy too because they don't ever describe the other children having the same struggles that Rina had. But I also wonder if maybe it was like they had this almost cautionary tale ahead of them. Of Oh, the first you see child. your older
0: sibling going through all this. You're like, Oh no. Yeah. <sighs> so
1: during that time that Rena's home again, she goes to her aunt and her um, uncle and tells them that she is again, being physically abused. She now claims that Manjeet has tried to strap her to a kitchen chair And slashed her wrist with a kitchen knife, showing them the scars that she had self-inflicted when she had tried to commit suicide. Oh, no. Yes. So, of course, they go and confront, you know, their brother. Of course. um, And are like, what is going on? Yeah. what What is happening in your household? And they end up in another meeting with a social care worker. And, of course, it's another social care worker. Because heaven help us. If we have the same social care worker working on the same too. case. I know, oh, I know. I and know. I'm not the saying. The system's broken. It is broken. Every here, there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying that social care workers don't do their job. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying the government puts way too much on them. You, you know, make or break a kid's life like yeah the family yeah yeah. you even saw it in. i think it was the gabrielle case that you can watch the the doc on um netflix right and during that case even they keep swapping his case to all these different people and when you look at it in the documentary as a whole you're like holy fuck how did
0: no one Yeah, gabriel's case because like different people report it even mandated reporters report abuse and it's just like too many there's no yeah there's no like central repository for all that info it's just like oh a report here report there
1: yeah so when you look at it as a whole you're like how did no one see this but then you're like they only saw pieces and that was the same thing going on with rena everyone was only seeing
0: responsible for their own little piece
1: exactly um so i'm gonna just read like a little excerpt from what he had to say about um manjeet had to say about what was going on with the social care worker um for this visit so he says, We finally all made an appointment with a social care worker at the Ministry office on Cloverdale Avenue. Suman and I wanted to attend. We took along the police officer who had dealt with Rena's abuse case just in case Rena concocted another story of abuse. We were confident that she would not get her way. This is a quote My parents refused to give me money for smokes. I don't want to live at home. I want to be placed in care again, Rena said. A mature social worker said, Oh, you'll get your smokes. She opened her file and enrolled Rena into the system again. Siman and I looked at each other and then at the police officer. We were shocked. It was so easy to get into government care. I thought it was illegal for kids to smoke. Yet here, a responsible adult and a professional was openly condoning Rena smoking. Rena was put into the ministry's care again.
0: Yeah, that's so sad. It's just one person's decision. Yeah, and the right whole right or wrong. You'll get your smokes. Wrong. Yeah. Like, why was that? That's enough to put you
1: back into foster care? Yuck. Yeah, horrible. So, Rena's back into foster care with overnight visits home. So, she still has the option to do visits back to her home. Still very flexible for this girl.
0: I know she's, she's the one in control, which as a child, that's why you have parents. It's why the social care system's supposed to work to like, so you're not making decisions because you're not ready to be on your own to make your own decisions. But yeah, that's kind of the problem here is that she's in control yeah. of where she's going, what she's doing when she's smoking, like who she's seeing, like all
1: of it, everything. And so that brings us to the night of November 14th, 1997. Rena is now 14 years old and she's so young to be yeah, making all of these the babies, decisions. Huh? Oh yeah. I like, God, I was doing some dumb stuff at 14.
0: I can't imagine if I had this kind of like, freedom. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's gotten to a lot for a 14 year old.
1: Yeah. So she's been invited to a party behind the middle school in her neighborhood by a friend. At first I'm like, why the hell did the Verks let her go that night? Cause she was on an overnight visit that night with them. But then looking at the book, he explained that he was so terrified
0: of his daughter. And if if he made her stay home and had put his foot down, he'd be back in court. Yeah. I'm sure he was terrified. He was like, I'm so scared that any of my parenting
1: is going to be misconstrued as abuse that I was like, whatever. Like, be back by your curfew at 11. Like, I can't. And that would be... I would. I would be like
0: that too. What are you supposed to do? And I'm sure that's not the only instance. I'm sure there was other times she was like, I want to go to the store. I want to go to the movies. I want to do whatever. And he was Mm -hmm. like, for the same reason, okay. So like hindsight 2020, I'm sure he wishes he never let her go. Mm -hmm. But like, I get why he was scared. Oh yeah, totally.
1: So there was like a group of about 20 kids. They're all hanging out outside of the school. I don't know why... I don't know. At the school. (laughs) I know. Someone break this up. There's kids at the school. I know. Also, like, why would you pick the backyard of, like, the school? Like, that's such a dumb area. I don't know. I guess there were always dumb areas we'd hang out. Yeah, I mean, like, where else are they going to go? I suppose. But during that time, a window was broken. RCMP is called. And they're like, guys, come on. Get out of here. Move along, right? So around that time, um, these two friends of Rina's, Nicole and Nora, Link arms with her and lead her under a bridge to continue their drink, smoke, pot, all of that stuff. Their hangout, you know, Um, around nine o'clock that night, Rena called home to her parents. She only got her little brother. That would be the last person she'd ever speak to uh, from her family, Mm -hmm. um, explaining that she would be home before her curfew at 11. Um, She never made it home. Her parents initially call her grandparents, of course, to see if she's made her way there. Mm -hmm. She's not there. They then call the foster care home to see if she's there. She's not there. They then call the police. Rena has a history of running away. Not to mention that the area that she's reported missing in, they get about 15 calls a night from people saying... I know, it's a lot of... 15? 15 a night of missing children. Because all
0: these kids are just out and
1: about? I guess, like, I'm wondering, too, like, so I'm from a really rural area of New Brunswick, so I'm, like, we didn't have much to do, so we always kind of got into trouble and shit, but I feel like Vancouver is, like, a bigger area, but I don't know about Saanich, but yeah. it's, like, I feel like it's more bustling than where I was from, so, like, don't you have other things to do? You'd think. Anyways, they get calls every night about missing teenagers, so runaways. So the police refused to classify Rena as a missing person, especially considering her past issues. That week, rumors start to swirl around Rena's high school. Someone was beat up under the bridge, and according to a few, there's a body that was left floating in the Gorge Inlet, which is a major waterway on Vancouver Island. One girl in particular, Kelly Ellard, was heard bragging to
0: anyone that would listen about how she had killed Rena Virk. And teachers are overhearing this, like mandated reporters again. And that's insane that the poli- not police, RCMP wouldn't take a report. So, was she missing by then?
1: This is the really fun thing. This is a really fun fact. Teachers did hear about this, they heard about everything and they didn't tell a fucking soul.
0: They were just like, oh, those kids are talking. That's horrible. I guess I didn't tell anyone. Yikes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So because yeah. if that girl's going around bragging to everyone that there's this body and she was like, she did it, mm-hmm. and no one's putting two and two together.
1: Yeah. So, sad. so at this point, Rena Verk is missing. So I know this has been a lot. I really felt like I wanted to take this episode and just recap Rena's teen years, um, who she was as a child. I think it's like so important. Oh, it like yeah. lays the
0: groundwork for this whole case.
1: For sure. And it really plays into the next portion. And I had a sneaking suspicion when I started writing this script and started realizing all the different... Because I actually... I learned about Rena's case when I went to school for criminology. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like... It's honestly a bigger case in Canada just because she ended up being like almost the poster child for bullying, like anti-bullying movements wow. and everything. Yeah. Um, so there's honestly so much more to unpack. Um, there's like so much more to this case that I really want to dive into in a separate episode just so we can like put it all out there. You know, we take a break cause this is oh, super it's heavy. heavy already. Um And yeah, what I guess we'll like do the wine in the next one
0: or. Yeah. Well, we have more wine to go, so we'll keep some for this Perfect. next one. But okay. overall I think it's pretty good. I mean, I'm enjoying my, the wine. You I've need wine for this cause it is so heavy. It's um so heavy No, case. but uh, I mean, no good wine. Yeah. Solid wine. Awesome. Seven points.
1: So we'll start looking into what happened to Raina, Um after. this time. Yes, after that date. And then um, also into the trials of everyone, what ended up happening, and, and what ended up happening to the Verk family. It deserves a full episode, guys. It really does, honestly. Next week's a big one. Next week is, like, super big. Um, so, yeah, until next time. Uh, yeah. Sure. Cheers. Cheers.